Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. This podcast is for information only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. If you have any questions, please contact your financial advisor. Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. I'm Rohit Vaswani from Omnis Investments and here to take you all through the financial news of last week. Let's begin in the US. Stocks ended the week higher, rebounding from a sell-off on Monday. Over the week, the S&P 500 was up almost 2%. So, first of all, why did stock markets start the week poorly? Well, it was attributed to the growing fears of the spread of the Delta variant of the coronavirus. Cases and hospitalizations rose in many parts of the country, particularly in states with low vaccination levels. Stocks tied to the reopening of the economy, such as cruise operators and airlines, fared particularly poorly. Energy stocks were also especially weak, as oil prices suffered their biggest daily decline since April 2020, after OPEC and other major oil exporters struck a deal to increase output. Now, these losses were mostly recovered by Tuesday. So, what then led to quite a positive week in markets? Well, this was then attributed to several factors. Firstly, we got some positive news on the housing sector, suggesting that residential construction is stabilising despite the lingering supply chain constraints and labour shortages. We also had many companies reporting their earnings for the second quarter of 2021, and many of these reports provided a boost to investor confidence. Let's move to Japan next. Japan's stock markets closed in negative territory on Wednesday, ahead of a long weekend that marked the start of the Tokyo Olympics. The Nikkei 225 index was down 1.63% in the three days of trading last week. There were concerns that the Olympic Games would worsen the country's COVID-19 outbreak, and this weighed on markets. On the economic front, Japan's core consumer price index, a measure of inflation, rose 0.2% from a year earlier in June. And this is the fastest increase since March 2020. The increase was driven largely by higher energy costs. However, this increase in the consumer price index was much smaller than that of other major economies due to a weak consumption. But of course, Japan is very heavily dependent on trade. Exports rose by almost 50% in June from a year earlier, the fourth straight month of double-digit gains. And this is obviously an encouraging sign. US demand for cars and China-bound shipments for chip-making equipment were notably quite strong. Over to China. Chinese stocks recorded a mixed week. The large-cap CSI 300 index declined 0.1% during the week. There were no major economic readings released over the week. But what was quite interesting to note was that many of China's provinces continue to suffer heavy losses from extreme rainfall and flooding, especially in the flood-prone areas of the Yangtze and the Yellow River basins. Many experts believe that climate change is only likely to worsen China's flood management problems in the years ahead. On Tuesday, China launched a national carbon emissions trading scheme. We'll see how that pans out in the next few years. So coming to Europe. Shares in Europe rose on the European Central Bank's reaffirmation of its low interest rate policies and optimism about the upcoming corporate earnings season. Many companies will be reporting their earnings for the second quarter of the year. This helped to reverse early weakness stemming from fears that the spread of the Delta variant of the coronavirus could delay a global economic recovery. 
the Eurostox 50 ended the week up 1.8%. We continue to see a sharp rise in coronavirus infections across Europe. The French government said that it could not rule out the reimposition of curfew measures if infections continue to climb at such a fast rate. In Spain, several regions requested the reintroduction of some restrictions. The country's top court ruled that last year's lockdown was unconstitutional. On the economic front, I have previously spoken about the Composite Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, and we got some provisional data on that this week. As a reminder, the PMI gives us an indication of the prevailing direction of economic trends in the manufacturing and service sectors. Anything above 50 means the economy is expanding, whereas anything below 50 means it is contracting. Well, in Europe, the PMI climbed to over 60 in July, its highest reading since July 2000. Activity in the services sector accelerated, but the expansion in manufacturing activity slowed because of supply chain constraints. And over in the UK, the FTSE 100 and the FTSE 250 were both up. The FTSE 100 was up 0.28% and the FTSE 250 was up 1.85%. On the COVID front, new cases climbed by 40% over the past week in the UK, where labour shortages have been exacerbated by the NHS Test and Trace app, which pings people who may have crossed paths with an infected person and advises a period of self-isolation. After the UK lifted all remaining restrictions on July 19th, Freedom Day, Both Prime Minister Boris Johnson and leader of the opposition, Sir Keir Starmer, had to both quarantine. Meanwhile, travel companies and airlines reported a surge in bookings for holidays abroad. And the rate at which holiday-let companies are being set up in the UK has more than doubled over the pandemic, as second homeowners look to offset their costs amid a booming UK staycation market. On the economic front, we also got some provisional PMI data in the UK. The composite PMI, which again looks at the manufacturing and services sector, fell to its lowest level since March 2021 due to a rise in infections and the disruptions that come with it in terms of consumer demand and staff shortages. And of course, as we appear to re-emerge somewhat from the pandemic, there was more focus back to Brexit last week. The UK government wants urgent changes made to the Brexit agreement known as the Northern Ireland Protocol. The Northern Ireland Protocol helps prevent checks along the land border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. To avoid a hard border on the island, the deal created a trade border in the Irish Sea because it required all goods travelling from Great Britain to Northern Ireland to follow stringent EU rules, both for customs and checks on animal and plant-based products. Well, the UK government contends that the current level of checks on the Irish sea border is unsustainable and is now pushing to renegotiate the deal to reduce the levels of checks. For now, the EU insisted that it will not re- renegotiate the Brexit deal. So, overall, it was a fairly mixed week for markets globally. Most markets fell at the start of the week, but many have since recovered and then some. The spread of the Delta variant and the likelihood that growth is slowing has obviously impacted markets, but we also got some positive economic data out of Europe, for example, and some optimism returning in the US as companies reported their earnings for the second quarter of the year. That's it from me this week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back for more next week. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Omnis Investments, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.